Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and this is our weekly TV news, or as often as we can. It's supposed to be weekly, but sometimes it doesn't end up being. It's kind of bi-weekly right now. But this is uh, where we talk about, you know, renewals, cancellations, pilot orders, series that are in development, you know, all those sorts of details. Premiere dates usually come up. And you know, sort of discuss them, uh, have some of the bigger stuff, and we have, but we have a lot of uh, niche things and a lot of, you know, I, I think the back chunk of the show, certainly for a portion of the year when it's in season, tends to be let's make fun of all the network uh, descriptions of all their shows because they're all very generic. Yeah, that's that's been a bit weird this year. We haven't really had enough of that. <sighs> well, you know, the 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 the, the schedule, of the TV cycle has changed a little bit this year for obvious world reasons. It has. And I'm not happy about it because it means I don't get to drink every time CBS does something stupid. Well, let's dive in and find out. I mean, this, this first story makes me want to take a drink. Uh, so the headlining story this week is that Showtime is reviving Dexter for a limited series. With Who was asking for this? Michael C. Hall returning in the titular role. That is an excellent question because... Dexter is an example of a show that started off, at least at the time it seemed solid. I don't, I'm actually curious if I went back and watched season one now, if I actually would be into it, or if it's maybe lost any of the charm that ever I had. Kind of, there wasn't as much else on at the time that, you, that you know, in terms of the, the premium quality that you expect now, maybe. Mm. The, the bar was a bit lower. But regardless, it started off fairly strong at the time. Seasons 2 and 3 were a bit mediocre, honestly. Season 4 kind of won a lot of people back because it had a great villain. Uh, still, it had some of the side problems that were going to keep getting worse, but the main plot with the villain was really good. And then after that, it just... I have never seen a show just plummet into mediocrity and quality absurdity, much like I did with Dexter. In fact, for the sake of this story, I'm just going to say spoiler warning for... for all of Dexter, right? If you if you happen to care, there's a, there's a, so there's a moment that I'd forgotten about. I, I saw mentioned on Twitter this week, right? And this is an insane moment in the show that it says a lot that I forgot about it because it came towards the end of season seven. I never watched season eight. Season eight was the last season. There's a moment towards the end of season seven where Deborah, out of nowhere in a therapy session, reaches the conclusion that she's in love with Dexter, who is her brother on the show. Uh. The irony in the real world of this is that the actors were actually in a relationship together and had just broken up. And now somehow their on-screen characters who are supposed to be siblings were all of a sudden hinted at being some sort yeah, of a romantic pairing. That's, that's uh, kind of shitty on the writer's part. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten I, about this. I never watched Dexter for, for whatever reason. It kind of passed me by at the time. And then... By the time the show was finished, it was unanimously, kind of universally decided, nah, it's shit by the end, don't bother. Oh, everything, everything the- I've seen about the ending, because I read what the last like scene was, because I was, you know, out of curiosity. Sure. And, I, was never- I, I, I know all the major yeah. beats because people, you know, it's the internet, right? <laughs> I was never, ever, ever going to watch that last season. And, and the, the final just- scene is, like, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading when I heard what they'd done. <laughs> It was yeah, I get that, but and, and this is the thing: it was so universally, you know, hated by the end, uh, and and pretty much everyone agrees. Ah, oh, there was there, there was some good seasons uh, at the start, uh, you know, let's say in the middle. Um, that is that is the consensus. But 
every single person I've ever spoke to about it has kind of gone, no, I don't bother watching it. It's not it's not worth the investment in those seasons mm. for where it goes. Uh, uh, and so, so who is going, oh, I really wanted more Dexter. I think you can watch season one as a limited series. And I know people who love season four because of John Lithgow, and John Lithgow is fantastic in it. John Lithgow is fantastic in everything. But... I do think that the way season one ended, you could actually just take it as a 10-episode limited series and call it a day, and you'd be fine. Um, I think the problem with season four is that it does have a really good ending, but the ending is a cliffhanger, and the ending does sort of encourage you to keep going. <laughs> so, and, and, and this is all well and good, but there's so much other good TV out there that I do want to watch that I have not found the time for. Uh, oh, sure. Why would I bother with Dexter at this but, point? Like, even just one season of it. The problem, the problem is it just repeated itself too much. Uh, but, I mean, there's a whole conversation that could be had about why Dexter became an absolute crock of shit as it, as it went on. I'd, I'd probably have to watch more of it to have a an informed conversation. I didn't that. mean with you. Um, I know. But there are 10-episode season that's going to premiere tentatively sometime in fall 2021. That's, uh, I mean, I'm assuming they're starting filming soonish because I, I don't know if you've got this in your your news docket but there's a handful of shows announcing kind of filming dates um or you know windows you know the the next season of the mandalorians planning to start filming sometime in november uh season three of the boys is planning to start filming in january uh, again planning to start uh, you know these things permitting but uh assuming they go ahead uh and assuming that the Dexter's kind of following on from you know the the usual amount of time it takes, uh, it's still a little on the tighter side, but not impossible to to get out next fall. Yeah, that uh, is to say, I am not excited by it whatsoever. If anything, all this announcement did was make people on Twitter start making fun of how bad it got by the end because they'd all been reminded. So <laughs> I thought it reminded it remind people that Dexter existed once upon a time. So I, I I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some curiosity from people, and then people may check it out just because. Well, I wonder what it's like. Like all these years later, you know, it's what are they like doing? What what, uh, what quite a lot of us did with Heroes. Like, just I wonder what it what they did when they came <laughs> back, and then oh. watched one episode. I went, nope. Yeah, I noped out hard of that. Uh, yeah, me very too. Quickly. And, and I defend Heroes more than you do by a long shot. Uh. And and I watched one episode of that new season and went, nope. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot to defend in Heroes, quite frankly. Uh, that's another one where I don't even know if the stuff that I liked at the time at the start of the show would even work on me now. I, I defend it from memory. I am scared to ever actually rewatch it. I don't want, I don't want to tarnish that memory. It's like, you know, when you, you've got like, you know, there's, there's a show you liked as a kid and you know in your mind now that it's probably quite terrible. But you've got those those nice nostalgic memories attached to it, and you just don't want to ever see a single second of it to ruin that. That's that's how I feel with heroes. Well, let's move on. Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for season four. This is relatively fresh. This was I think just today, uh, and they also announced that it's going to begin production again, as with everything right now, tentatively, <laughs> on November second. So they are starting very soon on season four which is a good sign if you like the show and maybe maybe another good sign that maybe there'll actually be a shorter gap between three and four which isn't admittedly a very good bar to hit because the season three to four get or two to three gap rather was uh pretty big so it wouldn't yeah. take a lot to actually I'm, beat that i do wonder how long they had season three 
ready because you know you know that we know cbs all access's aim is to have trek year round mm -hmm. eventually and they did uh, within a week or two ago just finish uh, the lower deck season so i wonder if this was actually ready you know a couple of months ago but they had lower deck scheduled so you know it just oh well that comes after that oh we had the first trailer for season three like last year so i suspect they probably did have it wrapped up for a while yeah but I mean, but alternatively, that would also mean the gap is shorter because they, they held this one back a while. That's true, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, where these other shows that have got coming. But, uh, it, I mean, again, it shows confidence. And season three, which the first review from us is up now, is off to an optimistic start. It's, yeah, cautiously positive for that first episode. And, you know, we'll see how things go. But I, I appreciate that. Okay. We're guaranteed a season four if if this happens to end on a, a big cliffhanger knowing you know that, that this whole season now that we'll, we'll kind of have that in our heads i'll be less concerned next up unfortunately we have another example this came last week uh of a show which was renewed uh being retroactively unrenewed and cancelled because of the world uh, and that is glow on netflix which did get a fourth and final season announcement some time ago and basically because it's just in LA, which is not a great place to shoot right now, and because the show involves a lot of, because of the wrestling involved, there's a lot of close touching and like proximity between yeah. all the actors, uh, they're basically saying logistically it's just not worth all the precautions and the time it would take to do. Um, I have heard the, you know, the cast and stuff who are all disappointed by it. I mean, there's talks, of course, of, because I think season three did end at a cliffhanger, so... There's talks of eventually they'll do like a Netflix will let them do like a movie or something There's to wrap a lot it up. Pushing for a, a yeah. movie in in the same way I think Sense Eight got a movie, right? Yeah, I mean this is obviously a case where they wanted to give them the final season and then the world dictated it. So the fact if all the cast want to do it, then it's probably a good chance that they'll give them something at some point it's, when the world clears up a little bit. It's a little bit shit, and and we've spoken about a good handful of these stories now of things being cancelled or even unrenewed because of the world. And we've said every time, it's it's going to happen to more stuff. It's shit. What can you do? I think this is the first one that either of us, uh, you specifically, actually cares about the show and I has do. any attachment to it. I so I guess it hurts a little bit more than some of the other ones we've talked about. I, I, I actually haven't finished season three yet. I've got a few episodes of season three left, but I do love the show. I think it's a really good show. It's, it's something that always felt like it was relatively contained in that, you know, it was never going to go for like 10 seasons. It was always going to be like, you know, a tight, you know, what was going to be four 10-episode seasons. Um, so, I mean, if it ends up getting, like, a two-hour movie in a couple of years, when everything's, you know, died down, the world's a bit safer to go and shoot things, then I think that, that'll, that'll do nicely for this. I think it'll work um, as, as a, as a wrap-up. But uh, it's a shame that there won't be another 10-episode season because I it's mean, a really poppy show. Uh, I feel for the fans. I mean, obviously, I didn't care about this one again, like like, like the other ones we've talked about. But as I've said, I feel for the fans. Uh, I feel for all the, the cast and crew who are out of jobs, uh, you know, who, who who thought they had guaranteed, you know, 10 episodes worth of pay coming in and now they don't. Uh, I, I do feel for that. And, you know, I hope that for their sake and, and you know, and your sake that you get uh, at least a movie to get the, the closure of the cliffhanger. But yeah, it it is what it is right, right now. Yeah. Um, 
Next up, this another cancellation, although this doesn't seem like it is anything for the same reason, despite the fact that I presume they shot it in LA, or at least pretended they did. <laughs> so, LA's Finest, which is the Bad Boys, Bad Girls spin-off show on Spectrum, uh, has been cancelled after its second season. The season the season two was actually pushed. It was meant to debut and when was it when was it? Might have come here. It was meant to come out on June eighth, but it was pushed to September um because of the protests because of the police brutality that was in the news and now they've cancelled it just about a month after it all came out uh last month so uh, i suspect the reason for this has less to do with the pandemic and more to do with the content of the show and maybe i don't know if it's successful as much as they want it to be or whatever but yeah and we spoke about other police related shows like brooklyn 99 rewriting everything yeah. they had uh going forward um with this I, I t- it's a lot harder to be satirical, I guess. Like that show can be satirical about the, co- you know, about the the real world. Uh, I mean, that with Brooklyn Nine Nine, you could literally have them all lose their jobs and just go somewhere else, and the show would still function because we we come for the characters. It doesn't matter that they're cops, really. Like it's not. Yeah, it's it's workplace, not yeah. police place. Like <laughs> it, the, is what the, matters. There's episodes of that show where they're all on vacation together and then like a holiday home. You could literally just have them in a building, any building, doesn't matter what it is, and it works. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we'll see what what comes of that. But uh, that's Ellie's finest cancelled. Uh, we got a trailer which I did not watch. I don't want to watch it. Uh, but more importantly, a premiere date for the Expanse season five, which yes, is coming. I did not watch this trailer yeah. either. <laughs> it's coming December sixteenth, which is about a year after the last one. That was last December as well. Right. I think that was maybe slightly earlier in December, but it was definitely December. Yeah. Well, we knew they'd already shot this before season four even hit, so it's they not a surprise. Back to back, right? Yeah. It's not a surprise that it's managing to actually hit that year window. Yeah, they just had the all the the post production, which admittedly is heavy on that show, uh, yeah. but they had plenty of time to to get to work on that. Yes, but interestingly though, not Hybrid all at release. once. Yeah. Yeah. Not all at once. Uh. So. New episodes will drop each Wednesday because it's a Wednesday that date, for the record. Oh, oh, I didn't, I, you know what? I didn't look. I just assumed it was a Friday because Amazon. Yeah, episodes will drop each Wednesday, working up to the finale, which will air f- February third. So, I think they did. Uh, the, the the people who wrote the book, whichever one of them runs the Twitter account, because obviously it's a it's a pen name and it's two people. Um, both of them are involved in the the show. Whichever one of them runs their Twitter account, um, get, get to the the Ted bit. Yeah, yeah. It turned out being the the hybrid release. I think like the boys was the Hulu model where I think there's going to be three episodes on that first week. Oh, God. Can we can we not call it hybrid release? That annoys me. That's that's apparently that's the official terminology. Not, uh, hybrid to me would be like doing three episodes every week for like four weeks or something like that. <laughs> that's hybrid. Doing doing a few extra in the first week is not hybrid. It's, no, I get it. Are they the, using hybrid it, in the sense that it's it's the first third it, or so of the season? It, it's the equivalent of it's not a third or so. A third or so is more than a third. It's less than a third. Or so means either way. No, We've it doesn't. Or so is a remainder. It's and more of the thing. It it is not. It's a roundabout. No, around a third is around a third. Third or so is a third and some. No, it's not. That shut up. Look. The point here is that they're releasing presumably three in the first week and then weekly. I am thrilled at this. I love weekly releases for these types of shows. I loved it with The Boys. I will love it with The Expanse. Yeah. Thank you very much, Amazon. You're doing I, good moves. I, I love it as well. And again, that you know, uh, Twitter account, whichever one of them it is, was saying um, 
you know, someone was like, oh, I wish it was all binge because, you know, I like to just watch it all at once and not have to, you know, wait till it's all done to watch it. And the person, you know, they go, she went, shut up. This is great. This means that it gets in the public consciousness longer. It means that, you know, it, it's, you know, all, all the stuff we say, you know, how uh, you, you form attachment, you, you form that habit, that routine, the fact that you don't work on, for their, their perspective, you don't work on a show for a year, however long it takes, and then you put it out all on one day and no one's talking about it two weeks later. Uh, you know, it, no. it's, it's better they, in every way. They deserve the spotlight for longer. The conversation is better. Uh, more people watch our reviews and comment on the reviews typically when it's a weekly or weekly release because there's actually people who want to talk about each episode after it comes out as opposed to just the dump. So this is good news. Uh, moving on, uh, this is not something either of us watch, but I know enough people like it to mention that Shameless, the final season, the 11th and final season, is going to debut on December 6th on Showtime. So I just thought I'd throw that in there for people who care. I so, honestly thought that had ended already. But uh, another date we got here uh, for Christmas Day, December 25th, Netflix are going to put out the Shonda Rhimes series uh, Bridgerton, which is a thing. I don't know what that on what I don't remember uh, this particular Shonda Rhimes series. I mean, I don't remember any of them. It's a period piece still built into the photos here. Uh, a romantic, okay. scandalous, and quick-witted series set at the peak age of Regency London high society. Bridgerton follows Daphne Bridgerton, the eldest daughter of a powerful family, presumably also called Bridgerton, uh, as they she puts herself out into Regency London's high competitive marriage market. I, I, I'm not even going to finish the description. I hate the sound of everything about this. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? When you started telling me, oh, there's a show on Christmas, I was like, oh, man, do we have to work on Christmas Day again? Because we've done it in the past. <laughs> no, we don't. We definitely and, don't. And then it was this. I was like, oh, we're good. We can take the day off. <laughs> I'm taking the day off at Christmas this year. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, I say that now. Just wait until like Amazon says, oh, boy, we're in Christmas Day. Here's a, a new... Wait, uh... wait, wait. Hang on. Is Christmas Day a Wednesday? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's not. It's a Friday. We're good. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> I mean, I might actually be working Christmas Day this year. It, usually I have it off uh, in my past job, but this job, I who knows? So... <laughs> Might not have it off, uh, really, anyway. Uh, well, the, the the little violin will be out for you. Uh, next up, be. Snowpiercer. Season 2's got a, a premiere date, and they must have shot Season 2 like right after Season 1, because they're ready, surprisingly. Just, didn't we only just talk about this? I, I feel like we just talked about the pilot as well. Uh, but January 25th is the premiere for Season 2. So, Joe, what's so funny about this? Is that this show got delayed so much and coming to, like, to TV? Like, it got the, the pilot got redone, it got pushed back repeatedly. It took years to get Season 1. Season 2, after Season 1, is lightning fast. When the hell was this? Because I feel like we just talked about it, like, a month ago, that was mid-May that we the, that first episode premiered. So it's yeah, yeah. They must have they must have been been straight into production on season two. If not, shot them as one big thing. Probably as one big thing, given the state of the world in mid-May. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, that doesn't mean anything. They didn't finish shooting it when it released. They finished shooting it way before then. I I know. So back to back could have meant oh last November they went straight into filming for the next three sure, months. I, I meant more they didn't wait until the season premiered to start filming. Of course, well no one was suggesting that. Just making it clear. <laughs> Look, this news is too long for these weird tangents. I'm 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 putting the foot down every time you chirp up well, with one of these then. nonsense things. What's next? We got a trailer for the stand CBS All Access, which we already had a date for, but uh, this is December as well. Just uh. To remind everyone. I want to say like the 12th, but that could be wrong. 
pulling oh. out of my ass. Seventeenth. Yeah, pretty close. I think you're just seeing the 12, which means December, and thinking, oh, it's the 12. What's the 12? I've had a couple of drinks. That might be true. You think it's the 12th to the 17th month, whatever that may be. It'll happen eventually. Right, so, yeah, we got a trailer. So, we obviously, we, and I think the key thing I took from this trailer is that I basically realized, because I always knew this time was about, okay, it's kind of post-apocalyptic, there's a virus or something. Watching this trailer made me realize I don't know a damn thing about what the stand's about. <laughs> I thought it was very notable because the the premise of the stand is, from what I'm what I'm familiar with, is something like ninety eight percent of the population of the world is wiped out by a plague. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very notable that they avoided any such mention of that in oh, yes. this trailer. Uh, because they do not want that in your mind right now. No, 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 no. They're hoping that you'll just be tricked into watching it, and then you'll see that part, and then you'll just keep go- you'll stick with and it because you're invested. It's fine. I, I'm hoping that I'm in a better headspace by December because that was kind of the reason I had to not watch the rest of Utopia. Oh, you know. Ah, this so is I'm, this I'm... is post-apocalypse. This is different. That's already happened. <laughs> oh, that's that's much better. I, that's, I, I don't think this matters. Who cares? It, like, to you. Utopia didn't matter to you either. So I, mean, I don't think it could be any. Really, so it'd make you feel better if it was nuclear war that wiped out the population. I, I, no, I will watch. I'm, I'm obviously going to watch the first one. My point is, it depends on how heavily because obviously they're, they're they're avoiding it in this trailer, and I get why. It depends on how heavily that is an impact on the show itself. If the whole show is about hey, you know, this plague's still around, you know, be careful, then then I'm going to have a problem. If it's like, oh no, this this event happened. It happened a couple, you know, years ago, and we moved on from that. Now I'll be okay. It, it all depends on context. And I won't know until I see it. All right, all right. Well, anyway, it's, it's nine episodes, a uh, limited series. Got Whippy Goldberg in there. James Marsden popping up. Uh, old Teddy from Westworld. Yes, uh, Blandy McBlanderson. Uh, Greg Kinnear, a bunch of other people. Uh, Amber Heard's in there. Stylishly cut trailer, I thought. Uh, there was a nice, you know, uh, yeah, did the I standard s- kind of slow cover. I thought I saw Heather Graham in there, but I don't know if I was imagining that. I don't remember, but I don't. I wonder. I, I, I'm not confident enough to say I didn't see it. I wonder if Amber Heard in this trailer just looks more like. Uh, are you, now, are you sure you know who Amber Heard is this time? I do know who Amber Heard is. Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's okay, the, the the one from All the Boys Love Mandalorian, that Amber Heard, which I, I realized to most people that's not the example they'd go to, but that's where I first saw her. So that's, suck that's it. The exact, I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it looks... It looks unique. There's a, there's a lot of very stylish shots in this trailer. Yeah, there's a character uh, in there played by, uh, what's his face, Big Skarsgård, who is, <laughs> you know, who, who I think is from the uh, Dark Tower series, this character. This is like a crossover character, if I remember right. Uh, That sounds like something I'm familiar with. That's the villain, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think, you know, he's the the main villain of this and he shows up in the Dark Tower series stuff. I don't know how much, but, um, yeah. Which, which Skarsgård is this again? I was I get them mixed up. Uh, this is uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Okay. Um, and also, I, I love how Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg must feel great that she was cast as a 108-year-old. They thought, yeah, did, yeah, you know what? <laughs> you look the part. <laughs> We're going to cast you. Oh, why did, I, why did I look the part? Oh, she's like 108 years old. <laughs> I buy you as no, a it's it's centurion. it's a youthful hundred and eight. <laughs> and yes, I know they use makeup, and I'm just I'm cracking some jokes, people. Let it go. Um, I've not seen her in something for ages. I guess I guess she just sort of stopped acting for a while and just sort of stuck to her talk show and stuff. Ah, uh, she was in. What was she in? She was in something at some point. 
<laughs> that narrows it down. No, there was something in the last, like, I don't know, five years where she was in something. I can't remember. But it I matter. don't remember what it was, it but like you matter. say, you know, I think at this point she's probably known more for the talk show stuff than acting. Probably. She'll always be a, you know, sister act to me. Yeah. And That's... to a lot of people, I'm sure. Yes. Um... Yeah, I don't know what to make of the trip. Honestly, it, if anything, I was just surprised with how much of it was about like a band of like a town of survivors who are going to stand up to some evil entity. I'm like, oh wait, I didn't know about that. This was the, what the stand was. The absolute worst part of the trailer was when he says, "In these uncertain times," and I went, "Shut up! I'm sick of hearing that phrase." <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'll give it a try. December seventeenth, uh, <laughs> just in time for Christmas season. So I uh, look forward to that i say just in time for people have decorations and songs playing by the end of november oh, <laughs> end of november that's ambitious so uh next up uh, we're on to some uh, uh comedies and whatnot here in development cbs has put into development oh, oh this is our year a single camera comedy co-created by chelsea devantez and barbie adler comes from 20th television I was going to say 20th Century Fox Television. I don't even care, Disney. Screw you. <laughs> I, I just, I felt the stumble there. 20th uh, d- d- Television. <laughs> well, the I'll movie, be honest, I had also forgotten they changed the, well, the name. Well, the movie studio was 20th Century Television, which sounds better. I think not even having anything between 20th and television just sounds weird. 20th Television. No, no. Put the century in. I, I agree. The, the century does not tie it to Fox. No. I think they would have been fine. No, it's fine. Anyway, this is our year revolves around the chaotic lives of an unproductive single mom and her unflappable teenage daughter as they try to try again to make it their year. A story of resilience, hope, and a lot of ex-husbands. I assume it's the mother who's got the ex-husbands, not the teenage daughter. <laughs> kind of hope so. Uh, Otherwise, we have some really strong parenting questions that need to be raised. Yes. That sounds like... A- comedy either <laughs> Nothing it, to it, add. it does um, we can yeah. we can move on if earth and cbs have just disappointed that they didn't hit any of the uh, cliches I, I, the the only thing i say is obviously they don't they don't put that in the perspective of the real world but i uh, i guarantee over the next couple of years when things clear up there will be a lot of people going oh this will be you know this is my year i'm gonna make you know make up for the last couple mm. uh so that might ring true for you know some people maybe that'll kind of hit a bit of a zeitgeist because of that Next up, ABC is put in development Nates. That's the the name Nate, you know, but like possessive Nates. A half hour multi camera comedy about a beloved Washington DC bar. Hence Nates the bar. I, I was gonna ask if is it possessive or is it plural, but okay. Ah, possessive. Um so coming from writer uh Akilah Green and twentieth television. <laughs> They're getting around get the networks. For a while, isn't They're it? getting around the networks now. Jesus, two in a row. Uh, yeah. Written by Green, the comedy revolves around Nates, a black-owned Washington DC dive bar that has been serving drinks for the last ten presidential administrations. It's an interesting way to measure time, but I get what they're going for. Uh, yeah. This beloved cultural institution serves as a sanctuary for the congressional staffers, metro workers, uh, beltway societies, and other regulars who frequent it. Um, I that think makes sense as to why they measure it in presidential elections no, as well, I, beyond the, the the current climate. But yeah, okay, that's the clientele. Yeah, but I, I get what they're doing there by using that. If anything, describing time in that way is the most I get out of this in terms of what the personality and what the topics that the show is going to tackle is. Like, I yeah. get something from that. So it's actually quite smartly written. So good on ABC for a decent plot description 
of your comedy. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a, a bar comedy, uh, which I'm sure we've seen plenty of over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but perhaps but... be more topical. Yeah, exactly. With 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 a seemingly political focus, which and and there have been some great political shows, uh, you know, uh, West Wing obviously springs to mind. It's pretty topical right now, uh, but you know, this is a, a comedy angle on it, which and and a little bit different to maybe something like Veep, which is kind of more in government directly. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm interested. Yeah, Showtime has given a 10-episode order, straight-to-series order, in fact, to a half-hour comedy called Flatbush Misdemeanors. Uh, created, written, and starring Kevin Izo and Dan Perlman. It's based on their award-winning 2017 digital series of the same name. Uh, so it's like a, you know, a digital show they've done on the internet that has now been adapted into an actual sitcom. Uh, Flatbush Misdemeanors is a raw, grounded comedy of City Life follows Dan and Kevin, who play characters struggling to thrive in their new surroundings in the brash environment of Flatbush, Brooklyn. The show explores two long-time friends seeking to claim out of their heads and connect with others. So, not a lot there to go on in terms of, uh, the actual premise, other than there's just two cookie characters in this weird named town. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, pretty vague, but could be alright. I say town. It's more of a district, but you know what I mean. I, I did. I wasn't going to correct you. I was going to let it slide. Uh, and then next up, Netflix have uh, ordered a Godzilla anime. Uh, so <laughs> before you say anything else, this this story started when you said Netflix, and I kind of for a second perked up almost out of habit, mm-hmm. and then went, "Do you know what? I'm not as excited for every Netflix show anymore." Like in the, in the space of like two seconds in my brain, I kind of went through this whole roller coaster of. Oh, Netflix, that used to be a thing that got me interested. And then realized it doesn't anymore. And, and, and that's not to say Netflix shows are bad or anything like that, or, but more the, the the batting average is a little bit lower than what it used to be. They're, they're putting out so much stuff. And, and maybe it's not even that it's necessarily lower, but there's a much wider variety of content that's not all for me. Um, and I kind of dipped again. And then you said Godzilla anime, and I got right back in. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to premiere in 2021. They announced it. Uh, it's called Godzilla Singular Point, which is a weird title. Very anime name. Is it? Uh, I'll take a word for yeah. it. Uh, the new anime hails from My Hero Academia Studio Bones and Black Bullets Orange. I, I, I know all those words, but that didn't make any sense uh, my, to me. My Hero Academia is a very popular anime. Uh, kind of magic set in a school, I believe. Uh, kind of, you know, Yes. Anime Hogwarts, basically. Uh, uh, and it's very popular from what I hear. Yes, Godzilla Singular Point will be in addition to the Godzilla universe. It will be separate project unrelated to the, the animated films that they did before, which we did watch and review, actually, the uh, the, the trilogy. Uh, so, yeah, there's not really much to go on in terms of, like, what's the premise of this show? What's the... I mean, it's Godzilla. <laughs> beyond that. I mean, you say that, but that, that animated trilogy they did was, like, really specific. It was in the future, and it was coming back to a world that had, like, been post-apocalyptic with monsters and shit. No, it's true. Uh, and and this is... Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that the fact they didn't mention that means it's probably not set wildly in the future. Uh, but, I mean, this is anime, so who knows? Yeah, it's anime. It could be anything. Any, any old shite could work in there. All right, so before we move on to the, the dramas, uh, I will take this time to thank our patron producers uh, for, for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordenow, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh, thank you to all you guys. That is uh, our $20 and above patrons. 
uh, over at patreon.com slash TV. but you can of course support us over there for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble there's a $5 tier and so on and so on so go and have a look and see if you want to help keep all the content coming and if you can't do that don't feel too bad there's lots of free ways to support us too such as hitting the like button subscribing commenting on videos uh you know sharing us on twitter all that stuff so any and all of that uh, the like button being the easiest one it's the, it's the one it's a simple one you can just you know hit the button it's just the button you just you hit it and it, it helps and you can feel good about your day for just clicking on a thing uh it's all good so there you go end of patreon and other associated all, things all, plugging all i will say is like if you like watching me suffer in, in pain with hiccups um, i'm sure some of you do and if you do you know just hit the thumbs up speaking of suffering uh the first drama show here is that amazon as much as i was complimenting them from their weekly release of uh, some of their new shows especially the ones that i care about uh they have given a series green light to a young adult horror series <clears throat> Based on I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> Isn't this your favourite thing in the world, Pete? <laughs> Why, are you hinting that because the star of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is in it, that I would be a big fan? Is that what you're saying? Uh, that is exactly what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, no. I mean, honestly, they're not. Like, there's kind of a weird like nostalgia to these bad slasher movies from the mid to late 90s. You know, when me and Tim reviewed them, we, we tore them both to shreds, like, in its sequel... But there was kind of like, ah, there's a bit of nostalgia because we watched this when it we were was, it young. It was almost throwback to the golden yeah. age of slashes at the time. Yeah, it, it was this weird kind of like, okay, this is really bad, but I'm kind of having fun, like making fun of it and stuff. I cannot mm. imagine a new version of this with a modern lens being remotely good, especially when they're officially calling it young adult. That's that's when there's a... Uh... That's, that's the death knell right there. Yeah, there's some red flags going off in my head. Uh, now, to be fair, the movie was based on a book, and this is equally, I assume, based directly on the book rather than... So it's an adaptation of the book rather than the movie, we yes. assume. Yes. Uh, the book was written by Sarah Goodman, came out in 1973. Um, of course, I don't imagine the book when it came out was thought of as a slasher story, because the term slasher for what I, we think of it as didn't exist yet. I mean, I wonder how much those movies kind of change to fit the slasher mold right as as a you know to be a slasher movie and whether this would maybe be a more faithful adaptation i'm just i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt yes not, yes. Like, not that i'm interested i'm just saying in a town full of secrets a group of teenagers are stalked by a mysterious killer a year after a fatal accident on their graduation night i guess that sums it up that, that uh, still sounds pretty slashery when you say it like that how, how about we just talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt running out into the street in the pouring rain going, What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I'm right here! It's a defining moment of a career. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the whole thing revolves around that moment, quite frankly. Um, so, hey, I mean, I, I have nothing to add except Presumably, I, coming one October in the next couple of years... I expect it to be bad. Uh, we will review the first episode for Shrits and Giggles. I will say that, but that's about it. I commit to no such thing, although I will probably be twisted into it regardless. Yes. Uh, I mean, unless Tim volunteers, but... He might. I don't know. I, to tell you, Tim, Tim's going to be a father. He's going to be too busy to volunteer for extra things. He, he's going to be like, look, I need to start figuring out what the kid can watch in a couple of years' time. 
and, and maybe this young adult series will you, be exactly what he you needs think he's to, going to, to put vet, in the bookmarks. You think he's going to vet the I Know What You Did Last Summer Amazon young adult series? Yes, yeah, very good. Uh, moving on. Epics has given a six-episode series order to Bridge and Tunnel, a half-hour dramedy written by... or so written, directed, and produced by Edward Burns. And it's... Uh, it's coming on January 24th? I, I find it, one... Interesting that you didn't put this in the premiere date section. You clearly didn't read this article. I didn't and know. two, interesting that you didn't put it in the comedy section, given that it's a half-hour uh, dramedy. It's a dramedy. Half-hour dramedy. dramedy. The, Dram- the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that, that Look, leans towards the comedy section. I had a lot me. of tabs, and I just ordered them in the order that I think they should be in. And sometimes things slip through the cracks because I don't necessarily remember uh, all no, the tabs that are there. It's and that's fine. As long as you accept that failing and don't try and pretend this was intentional. But it does say given a series order. So the fact that there's a premiere date is just bad. Okay, that's to bizarre. Me. I'll give you that one. It says Epics has given a six episode series order to, and then the same sentence basically is at the end says, it's coming January 24th, which is like, so they've already shot it then, is what you say. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, they, they haven't given a six episode order to, they're, they're announcing a show. Anyway, here's what it is. Set in 1980, Bridge and Tunnel revolves around a group of recent college grads setting out to pursue their dreams in Manhattan while still clinging to the familiarity... I can't say that word. Familiarity. Familiarity. I can't do it. I just... I can't... There's too many L's and R's in that word. I just cannot do it. Break it down. Famil, and then E, and then arity. Famil, E, arity. There you go. Familiarity. So it's not, it's not comfortable. It's better, though. Uh, working class, Long Island hometown, blah, blah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a group, group of friends in the city. So, so, is that the whole description? Not, nothing much. interesting. No, nothing interesting. What do you want from me? Moving on. Uh, <laughs> what a waste of a news article. <laughs> Netflix has given a series order to First Kill, a young adult vampire series. Oh, we're, so oh, we're back to vampires. Uh, based on a short story by New York Times bestselling author Victoria... V.E. Schwab. What name? Schwab. Very Schwab. Like Schwab, but Schwab. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you really wanted to slip into a Sean Connery impression that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like Sean Connery would say, you have to Schwab your ears. Like, you know. You would say that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Schwab. Uh, with American Horror Story and Scream Queen star Emma Roberts. So uh, she's producing. But notably, is not starring, at least not yet. I mean, maybe she'll be uh, okay. hired as starring. I know. I got, I got a little bit less interested there. Uh, yeah. I'm you're like, for a second, you're like, oh, maybe I'll be interested because Emma Roberts is going to be in it. And she's delightful. But no. Uh, eight episode, one of our series, created and written, executive produced by Schwab. Uh, <laughs> Felicia Day Henderson uh, is also there and serving as showrunner. So, Schwab's short story uh, was published... And imprints Vampires Never Get Old, Tales from the Fresh Bite by Natalie C. Parker and uh, Zoraida Cardova, a collection of short stories about vampires that was released in September. Um, I only read that sentence, I'm going to be honest, so I can say Schwab again. It's <laughs> a great name. She should be very proud. Uh, so, yes, uh, in First Kill... So that's the name of the story. I've forgotten. I was, I was saying Schwab so much. Yeah, that I, I forgot. Was I forgot. Like, what's first kill? <laughs> they should just call it Schwab. Every show she ever is involved in, she would just name Schwab. It's very so, egotistical, though, isn't it? And first kill, when it's time for four teenage vampire... Wait, what? Four teenaged yes. vampires. <laughs> yeah, I read that as four. <laughs> <Teenage> vampires. <laughs> 
Jesus. In first kill, but it's time for teenage vampire Juliet to make her first kill so she can take her place among the powerful vampire family. She sets her sights on new girl in town, Calope. That is definitely not how you say that. Is there an I in there? Yeah, Calliope. Calliope. Calliope? What's that yeah. weird, it's, it's stupid Greek. name? Is... It's, it's an ancient Greek name. Oh, Greek names yeah. are so stupid. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why that culture died out, okay? There's a reason why it's gone. <laughs> I mean, barring the fact that it, it kind of didn't, and it's the basis of every Western society, uh, yeah, sure. That, that's language the, that's died, died out. out. So, so what? So, so Roman civilization gave us a lot too. That also died out. Culture didn't, though. Civilization, yes. The culture did not. There's a big difference. It's not about culture. I'm talking about civilization. They're you, dead. Because you started they're... this with because... the Greek culture. I misspoke. The point is, <laughs> is that's a stupid name, and they're a stupid culture. And... Uh, no, I'll give you it's a stupid language, like a lot of languages. <laughs> Look, there's a reason why they're all dead. That's all I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> yeah, time. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason why they're still not the same bullshit, okay? Uh, they all fall. All these civilizations, they always fall eventually. Okay, so... But to Juliet's surprise, Calliope uh, is a vampire hunter from a family of celebrated for a family of celebrated slayers. Both oh, find, you wankers. Both find the other won't be so easy to kill, and unfortunately, way too easy to fall for. Oh, they fall for each other. The vampire, oh, the vampire, the vampire, the vampire slayer fall this, for each this other. This could not be more young adult if it tried. It, no, I don't, it, I don't it, know if it used the word young adult in this particular oh, one. Oh, it did. But... It, it, it said, oh, yeah. it did. Okay. Very first sentence before we got into the Schwab. Do I'll you, be honest, you... I'd forgotten that was so long ago. I forgot. <laughs> I actually forgot this was a Schwab one. I, I've been was so, this still the Schwab one? I've, I've been so enthralled with the the, the Greek stuff that. <laughs> Uh, this is the Schwab. This is first kill. It's your adult. It's Schwab, and it's Greek society. Remember half hour ago when you told me off for stupid tangents? This is not stupid tangents. This is quality entertainment in the middle of a new story. This is relevant to what we're talking about. Uh huh. Look, when you it do it, all, sounds miserable. When you do it, all I feel is time slow down because it's delaying when I get to eat and do other things I need to do tonight. When I do it, it's important. It's relevant. You will shut your mouth and let me speak. Now. <laughs> I'll educate you on, on Greek history if I have to. Ancient history. See, that word ancient is really important. They're not even just like a little out of date. They're ancient. They're freaking ancient. Yet, yet somehow still relevant. Do you know what? I'm quite annoyed you didn't include the trailer at the start of this. For, and I know you saw this at some point in the last For two what? weeks. I tweeted about it. For the new, uh, the new Netflix anime that's based on Greek mythology, which looks... Goddamn fantastic! It's out in the next couple of months. I'm pretty sure, maybe, maybe November or December. Uh, okay, so and, and we uh, should definitely watch the first episode of that. So an anime about a bunch of husbands, yeah, top of my list of priorities, right? <laughs> I, I did laugh. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna talk about it properly, but there's a bit in there where they go, "You're the son of Zeus," and it's like, and, and they say it like he's special. It's like, yeah, so is like half the freaking world. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look. First kill. I mean, I've already made a Buffy reference, but then we did last summer because it was hiding to me in a plate. Uh, and, but so was the word Slayer, to be fair. And Slayer is also hiding in a plate. And I'm not going to lie, the buffet is not done. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, she's showing up in this. <laughs> the buffet. We may as well call it Buffet, the Vampire Slayer, because there's more to feast on that, later. That was a stretch, and it was 
bloody terrible and you should apologize for that atrocity of a wordplay hbo are developing a, a show an adaptation if you will uh, Snowfall writer Aziza Barnes and Insecure's Natasha Rothwell are developing an adaptation of E.B. is a boy's novel Pride for HBO. Now, those are a bunch of fine names, but none of them are Schwab, so I'm immediately less interested. I mean, I'm not sure I can argue with that. And I have no idea what this actually is. Yeah. I've never heard of this. For the record, we're going to review the first episode of First Kill just because Schwab. It's a Schwab that, it, property, it, it, and therefore we have to your review siren. It. This is my siren. This is our siren. Don't, don't... Oh, no, you're, you're the one who cares about Schwab way more than I do, clearly. <laughs> this this is your siren. And and I'll, I'll be there. With you. You, know, you, you came on the siren review with me. And so I'll be there. Don't worry. I've got your back. Given what our siren review was, I don't know if that's a, a genuine uh, <laughs> thing. Look, our I, siren I... review was a perfectly legitimate proper full no, review no. of a fantastic first episode our, our fake siren review which was us just joking and pretending to review it and then talking about other things got to the point where it was over a thousand views that i actually had to make it private just so people wouldn't find it and get mad at us for thinking oh, what did you do that for for thinking because if this is the first thing they find it and they might they might be a legitimate potential new viewer are you a fan just just put a little annotation up on the screen going this is a bloody joke annotations not like the rest of our content youtube deleted annotations like three years ago this is you're so out of date you're as ancient as the goddamn greeks <laughs> There's got to be some system on YouTube that lets you a little pop-up like that. Still. <laughs> There's cards, Probably. which are for links. Cards, all right. There you go, do one of those. And link it to what? Link it to a page that just says, this is a joke. <laughs> I'm not making a page! <laughs> just to... <laughs> it was a gif of that voice. Look, think of all the poor people who have somehow stumbled into this TV news and stuck with us this long. And they're relatively new to our content, look, and they're like, they did a joke siren review? Look, Where can I see this? Look, and you have deprived them of this top quality content. Look, it's unlisted, right? I can still link it to people. I'll put the link in the description for this. So if you're interested on the fake siren review we posted in Christmas Day like two years ago, it'll be in the description. You can click on it and go watch it to your heart's content. The point is, is that no one can just stumble onto it thinking it's genuine at this point, because it was starting to actually accelerate in views, and I felt like it was a bad thing to accelerate in. See, that, you should lean into the shit posting. Lean into it. Oh my god. Look, just leave it, okay? Leave it. (laughs) I need to tell you what Pride is. Oh yeah, we still haven't done that yet. (laughs) Pride is an update to Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Uh, oh, okay. No, hold on. There's actually there's supernatural elements here. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, a Haitian-Dominican coming-of-age story that explores yov, teenage angst, and gentrification through magical realism. Did you say yov instead of love? I didn't mean to, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> love. Um, love. I mean, it, it sounds like it's got more to say than Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, at least. Sure, yeah. Which was not as fun as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Barnes, who also wrote Netflix's Teenage Bounty Hunters, which I never watched, but I thought the trailer was silly amusing, to be honest. Did we miss that? Because I really, I, I, we, we both yeah, thought we, that trailer was all right, and then we I, just, I assumed it hadn't come out yet. Yeah, we just kind of like didn't notice it came out, and then weeks had passed. There was like, oh shit, that came out weeks ago. Well, <laughs> I, I still didn't notice it had come out yeah. until you've just said that now. Um, so yes, the, the book follows... Oh, that's a big description. The book follows Zuri... Uh, Bennett's, no sorry, Benitez, 
who has pride, Brooklyn pride, family pride, and pride in her Afro-Latino roots. But pride may not be enough to save her rapidly gentrifying neighborhood from becoming unrecognizable. When the wealthy Darcy family moves in across the street, Zuri wants nothing to do with their two teenage sons, even as her older sister, uh, Janae, starts to fall for the charming Ainsley. She especially can't stand the judgmental and uh, arrogant Darius, which means they're going to fall in love with right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yet, yet Zuri and Darius are forced to find common ground. Their initial dislike shifts to an unexpected understanding. Okay, so it's, it's, it's actually... Spo- it's, it's like you're not familiar with Pride and Prejudice at all. I did see the zombie movie, but I've happily forgot it because it was boring. It, it, it was. It should have been more fun. Do you know what? At the end of this story, I'm going to interject with with a, a related tangent that, that it yes. is a new story that you didn't include. <laughs> but carry on. But with the four wild sisters pulling her in different directions, cute boy Warren vying for her attention and college applications hovering in the horizon, Zuri finds, fights her place, uh, fights to find her place, sorry, in Bushwick's changing landscape or lose it all. Uh, so It well, sounded more generic as it went on. I mean... It says magical realism. It sounds more like it's going to be a stylistic choice rather than anything in the plot. Which, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Even adding zombies to this stupid story didn't get me interested, so... It's true. It's I'm good. True. Yeah. And the, the pseudo-related news story that I I, I did see um, mm-hmm. is, is... It's an update to a story we talked about, I don't know, a couple of news episodes ago. Uh, we talked about Kira Knightley starring in a new period piece TV show called The Essex Serpent. Um, and she's no longer starring in it, uh, basically. Um, it, and it is on indefinite hiatus. Because, uh, bef- because someone told her that it was a period piece and she realised that she, <laughs> she, she kept starring in things that were, dare I say, ancient. And she thought, you know what? No, I have to get with the times. Only chumps uh, obsessed with the ancients. Maybe that's a, a personal private reason that she has. But yes. the, the public reason that she decided to give um, is is basically um, where they wanted to shoot. They did not have adequate childcare facilities um, for the current situation in the world uh, with everything going on. And she didn't want to be away from her kid for like nine months uh, and just decided, Do you know what, it's not worth the hassle and pulled out uh, quite uh, weeks before they were supposed to start production by the sounds of it. And the crew were all kind of thrown into disarray uh, and, and the show is on an indefinite hiatus <clears throat> until they either find a replacement or reschedule down the line interestingly chris pratt pulled out something this week for the same reason although it wasn't for his kid it was for himself he just likes to be in child care when he's not acting he, he i mean look i <laughs> i have enjoyed many a role that he has played but he is a bit of a selfish prick let's be honest <laughs> i mean my joke wasn't that yourself my joke was that he was like a big kid because i was thinking andy dwyer from you know, uh, no, no, that's true. But in, yeah. the, the more I see of him, the less I like him. Whereas Kieran, oh, really, sure. I, 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 I mean, I haven't seen enough to really have a, a strong opinion one way or the other. But I, I believe that it's a, you know, a child catch. Oh, I, I wasn't accusing her of, uh, of it. I was just cracking yeah. a joke. Um, I mean, yeah, Chris Pratt's in real world is a bit of a douchebag. But um, compared to Kieran Elliott, though, he's in a bunch of things I like. No, that's true. He, you like him on screen more, yes. but he's probably a worse person. You know, I like Parson Wright. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, he's, he's been in things. Jurassic World, it's fun. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, perfect, but it's... No, but he's he's yeah. fine in it. He's, he's pretty solid doing that yeah. role. 
Um, and would you believe that the parts keep breaking down and causing chaos? Because dinosaurs are ancient and you shouldn't think, bring the ancient things back from the dead. It just causes chaos. There we go. Uh, proof. I can't wait till someone revives Apollo or some stupid thing from <laughs> that'll be that'll be the next big thing is you know they they, they revive mm. actual ancient greek history and it's 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 all real and it's all in present day. i mean that's just percy jackson i'm describing what the hell yes. never mind it's, it's happening already it's coming on disney plus at some point and we'll review that what percy jackson is yeah they're doing a tv show we talked about this a while ago uh, i forgot about it me, me and matt were like so excited about this for, for like you know a week now nah, they the the only thing Percy Jackson is to me is that I had to see the trailer so many times when the first one was coming out. Um, and in hindsight, it, you know, like maybe if I'd see, you know, maybe if it came out as a teenager, maybe maybe teenage Alexander Daddario at the time would have been fetching if I'd been the right age. Quite, quite but, possibly, but I will say it's it's all even from someone who, you know, I'm a big yeah, actually, Percy Jackson fan. It's what, a terrible movie. Which was I when that came out? I don't know. That was like two thousand. So, somewhere between 2005 and 2009, that kind of range. I mean, maybe. I was still a teenager, actually, but... I, I think, in actuality, I, I think I'm the same age as her, but she was obviously playing a younger character. I think that's the, the weird part Probably, of it. Probably, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sure she was fine in that movie. She's, she's, a, she's a talented actress, but it was a terrible movie, and I have no desire to ever revisit ever again, but I'm excited for the TV show. Should, should it be better? Susan Sarandon is going to headline... Uh, something on HBO Max here. Uh, so, <laughs> young adult. Why is what's with all these young adult things? S- something on HBO Max. Oh, that's great. And it just you know this. this I was be thinking of Alexander Dario. My head couldn't quite. I had to recalibrate for you a minute. Know what? I'm gonna let you off because I understand. Right. And and I'm sure most of our audience do too. Yes. So anyway, HBO Max assembling a cast for a young adult drama called Red Bird Lane, which I think we've talked about before. I actually put this in here. Because the same like producer has got another HBO Max show which is coming up next, so I just kind of bundled them together. Uh, is it just casting news here? That, that, that's, that's, what, that's the thing. Yeah, this is just casting news for this one in particular. Uh, okay. So you got Susan Sarandon, Kirsty Clemens, uh, you know, who's someday maybe going to be uh, Iris in the Flash movie. If, if, if I liked her in things. That I, I can't remember what I've seen her in now. I've definitely seen her in stuff. Oh, she was uh, in that movie with. Uh, oh God, the three teenagers. And the, yeah, the, the I can picture it. It's, it's a solid movie as well. Um, oh god, it has a director that I like as well. If I remember, god damn, I've forgotten the name of it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so Kirsten Clemens is there, uh, and a bunch of other people. Fiona Duroff's in there actually, who I kind of like. She's a uh, Brad Duroff's kid. She's in the Chucky movies recently. Uh, okay, in I've fact, seen that. That's she, fine. she had a role in Utopia that I, I'm currently reviewing. Uh, so. Did I uh, see her in that? Was she in the first episode? I think she may have like briefly appeared in the first episode, but she, uh, most of her focus doesn't come until like, episode like three or four. So. Okay, cool. Uh, so Red Bird Lane, written by uh, Sarah Grant, directed by David Slade. That's a name I recognize, actually. It's a psychological thriller that follows eight strangers who arrive at an isolated house, all for different reasons. Upon their mysterious coincidental arrival, the strangers realize that something sinister and terrifying awaits them. Honestly, if you didn't say this was young adult, I might have been intrigued by this <laughs> i agree as a as a tv description it's not like amazing uh even taking away the young adult mm-hmm. thing i wouldn't be like oh i need to see this but i'd be like eh, i mean there's potential here the the ya label on it slaps away all of that enthusiasm that i might have had yeah so there's a couple of recognizable names obviously susan sarandon's the, the, the star she's the one that they're going to yeah, put the, the head marketing on 
Uh, so next up, so John Wells uh, has got two more shows at HBO Max. That's who was behind the other show there. Uh, so, yeah, he's got a lifeguard drama coming from Animal Kingdom writer Matt Kester, and then a series inspired by the book Things That Make White People Uncomfortable. So, the lifeguard one, Key New Road. Uh, I may be butchering the pronunciation of that Sorry. a little bit. The, the most important thing before we get through this story yes. is, it, d- does this have Alexandra Daddario in it? All right, calm down, calm down. All right. All right. <laughs> Kino Road is a contemporary drama set on the north shore of uh, Oahu. Oahu? O-A-H-U. How do you say that? Ahu? Ahu? Yeah. Okay. Ohu, maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, focusing on the relationships between an elite crew of heavy water lifeguards and the teens and young adults they mentor and train in the junior lifeguard program. The junior guards program embodies the beauty, the danger, the struggle, and the spirit of uh, aloha, all centered on the ocean uh, that is modern uh, Hawaii. So, I mean, I knew it was Hawaii because it's, it's, the, the title was clearly one of those words. Uh, yeah. e- even the, the, the Kino Road is, you know, spelled as K-E-N-U-I is two separate words as is, is the thing. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, d- d- you got the... the um the impression of that already yeah yeah you know the, the two places already sounded hawaiian um and then at the end it confirms it but um so interesting so i, I think that bit on hbo max makes it sound a bit more interesting than if it was just on a network show because it's like okay so what are hbo max this more premium like streaming service going to do with this yeah uh, the description didn't fill me with a lot of faith interest uh, whatever you want to choose is your descriptive word there like, yeah when they talk about you the beauty and the the, the drama or whatever the, yeah, the, the four words that they used were is this going to be more serialized is it going to be more of like a police academy tone of like them training to be lifeguards or is it going to be a bit more like the the beauty of the waves man and like all the the, the sunsets is the, the riding the waves like you know like where are they going with it or is it going to be like Baywatch, where they somehow end up investigating a lot of crimes, even though they're lifeguards? <laughs> like, you know what? If, if this was a network show, I would have put money on that being the case. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, but hey. So, that is that. And then next up... Uh, the important question, though, is who's Emma Stone going to play in it? That's the real question. Uh, <laughs> so, next up, things that make white people uncomfortable... Is inspired by Michael Bennett and Dave uh, Zarin's book of the same name. It's a one-hour anthology series that has one goal to make white people uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost a challenge. That you, we're, like, we're the perfect target audience to test yes. it out then. The theory of the first season is the danger of white liberal thought. Each episode will take a hard look at how white liberal thought has impacted American society and contributed to the state of race relations in America today. We might be a little un-American for this though, admittedly. It's it's possible. It, it does sound actually quite interesting um it does uh and we saw this but i'm not sure it's like you know, it's it's not what i go to tv shows for uh i, I typically go to most tv shows to be entertained uh, as a rule there are lots of high quality tv shows that are a bit too uh real world documentary focused even if they're not documentaries per se uh that that kind of just don't interest me on a myriad of topics then this might fall into that but i'm intrigued yeah, it's. Uh, I'm curious. I, I, yeah, I can see the anthology thing. I can see it being, like you know, try to tackle this theme with, with different stories. For I mean, I don't even. I didn't even mention how many episodes it would be in a season, but like I say, it's six episodes where each story tries to like make a sort of point based on that theme throughout. 
um i, I could see that that working be interesting and, and the title you know we, we kind of joked about it because it's always fun to joke when you get a title like this but it is very provocative it's kind of like dear white people right it's like people see it and immediately like i can already tell you right now that there's going to be a bunch of assholes who are going to review bomb this at imdb because of yeah, this title I mean, every time we spoke about dear white people uh whether it was in the news or when we you know reviewed the first episode we got tons and tons of you know, dislikes, comments, just yeah. talking about, oh, no, it's this. Yeah, yeah. You know, consistently by just terrible, awful people. Yeah, it's demanding that we, we call it out for the propaganda that it is, which... Uh, it was actually pretty damn good. You know? Yeah, it's actually a really good show. It's, it's absurd. <laughs> um, and if you think your your uh, entertainment, your art is is not political, it always has been. You've just not been paying attention. Um I actually, I read a great Twitter thread, this was a couple of months ago, but a great Twitter thread pointing out something in Terminator 2 that I'd never considered. And it was like this oh. little spin on it. It was just, it was, it was talking about how uh, John Connor in that movie is running around in a Public Enemy t-shirt being chased by a white cop. And it's not overt because obviously John Connor's white, but there's clearly something being said there uh, with, with it was, it's intentional. Yeah, the visuals yeah. are very intentional because Public Enemy, I mean, again, it's part, it's part of a, you know, I don't know, who, I don't really know who Public Enemy are, but they were a very, you know, outspoken musician group at the time. I assume. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm wrong. and it, it's, it's bizarre. You know, there, there are people who, uh, th- you know, Star Trek Discovery, um, recently announced for the new season there is like a, it's like a, there's, there's a trans character, a non-binary character, I believe, in season three. Okay. Uh, at some point. Um. And, you know, when the news came out, people were like, oh, what, you know, I say people, a certain subsect of awful people were like, oh, what, you know, get this, you know, you know, you know, diversity quota out of my, you know, my TV show. I'm like, how, and, and these are people who are generally the hardcore Trek fans. And I'm like, how have you watched Trek your entire <laughs> life and loved every single Trek show and movie and have this opinion? It makes no sense. Yes, Trek's all about trying to be progressive and trying to be, you know, understanding. Like, and- like we can look back at you know, the original series now and go, well, it's a bit dated. But at the time, it was pushing boundaries. And that's that's yes. what matters, right? And and, and and this is the same way. I mean, I'm not saying that's really pushing boundaries, really. Uh, it's just doing its bit, really. But it's, it's making an effort, which, uh, you know, I think we can all appreciate. Uh, unless you're terrible. <laughs> And and how you can be a Trek fan and not have got this message is just beyond me. Really is. Yeah. It's the same thing with comic books and X Men. Like do people not, do people not <laughs> like, get what X Men are supposed to represent? Like the whole point like of for X-Men. their entire yeah. history. <laughs> when they were creating the sixties, they were they were parable for something else. They always have been. So like I don't know, just Yeah. People have yeah. been awful. Um anyway, uh so you know, it's it's always great to see more things like this. It's some some appeal to me, some don't, but it's, it is great to see more stories f- from these other perspectives actually tacking on the subject. Um, yeah, even if it's not necessarily something I'm um, you know, interested in, something that I'm going to enjoy or want to watch, I'm glad it exists when, it, when it's things like this. Because there's probably someone who can learn a lesson from it. Yeah. Um, sadly, though, the people who really need to learn the lessons are probably going to avoid all the plague and talk about how it's propaganda without ever it, probably, watching it Probably, but I, I do believe there is a a section of people who are maybe not overtly you know racist in this in this particular context talking about race maybe who don't even realize they are and that this might kind of help them understand uh you know 
and and if sure, it, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, that's just particularly those people. That's great. Yeah, that's just talking about white liberal thought, and it's kind of it's something that I remember Get Out surprised me with was kind of pointing out some of this like mm. this idea of like c- c- things kind of, that like, we just don't even consider because we don't realize we need to yeah yeah so i mean yeah that, that's that's will help point those things out to people for sure but that, that, that's the specific example i was just talking in general about uh, anything yeah, yeah. uh you know dear white people whatever anything that dares to you know be bold or provocative, provocative with is, is the word yeah yeah uh so yeah that's uh things that make white people uncomfortable um I often find that if you stick your finger up your bum in the bus, that makes all the white people uncomfortable. But that's just my experience. <laughs> I think that makes most people uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Hey, I didn't say it didn't make other people uncomfortable. I, I wasn't claiming that all the non-white people on the bus were like, oh, I'm fine with that. You, you, you keep going with the finger on the bus. I think I'd the be bus, more the concerned bum. with them if, if they were fine with that. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> time and a place, people. Uh... So when do you think the good time is to put your finger up your bum? I mean, ideally at home. <laughs> if you're going to do that, do it at home. What's the point with an audience? <laughs> Look, if you're going to do it with an audience, it, it, at least make it a willing audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I actually just got a message from Tara. Because oh. I, I I said, oh, I'm doing the TV news, right? And then she messaged back saying, yes, Janeway's coming back to Trek. It's a lot of news to talk about. And, and I don't even have that in the news. So I'm just going to... I believe I, that was in... Yes. Uh, spoilers here, I guess, for the last episode of uh, Lower Decks. I think she showed up in that episode. Uh, uh, well, I don't know that. You didn't have to spoil it. If that is a real spoiler, you didn't have to spoil that because the actual news is that she's going to be on the Nickelodeon animated show. So if she did oh, show oh, up in this... that then. Yeah, if she did show up as a, also as a surprise in the last episode of Lordex, you just spoiled it for no reason. I said spoilers first, so people could have skipped. Like a second before you said what it was. There was a long uh where I thought about what I was going to say. Uh, and, and I'm not even 100% sure that's correct. I've just seen... <sighs> people making insinuations as to that so oh, well, possible spoilers for lower decks i guess yeah but if it's true you did just spoil it for people because now they're thinking about it before they watch it i i said spoilers first okay uh, just in the comments if you want to yell at connor you may okay you do you may. really need to give them specific permission for that no but i encourage it even um <laughs> don't you so... always <laughs> uh so okay uh next up Little Island Productions has acquired the TV rights. This is a UK company, for the record, which is why we've probably never heard of it. Uh, has acquired the TV rights to T.C. Farron's well-received sci-fi thriller novel, The Book of Malachi. It could be Malachi, but I'm going with the hard shit. How, how are you spelling it? M-A-L-A-C-H-I. It's just Malachi. I, I, I know that because that is uh, my, my grandfather's name. Oh, well, I said the hard C-H. Yeah, but it's just M- Malachi. Is Malachi. Okay, I said Malaki, so I, I may be emphasizing the wrong syllable, but still. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you're, you're pretty close. I'll give you that. Yeah. That's a Scottish in me. I go with the hard uh, Yeah. So the story follows uh, Malaki, a mute 30 year old man who receives Malaki. Sorry, follows Malaki. I'll be honest, it sounds more natural to do it my way, but it's fine. Whatever. Your grandfather's yeah, yeah. wrong. Okay. I'm, just... I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that the. <laughs> Clearly, the Irish way of saying this is superior to the Scottish way, and you're just wrong, and and you're just hardwired the wrong way. 
I don't know if it's a Scottish people. Other Scottish people may agree with you. This is it, it's it's an Irish name, which is why I say you know the Irish way. And um, um, you know, I, yes. and I get where you're coming from. Yes, but you did say grandfather, which implies old, which means ancient, and therefore wrong. So I mean, it, it's it's my brother's <laughs> middle name if that counts. So it's 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 more recent. I mean, named after my grandfather, admittedly, but still. <laughs> well, then he's young and stupid and of, of the Zoomer generation, and therefore should not be. Wait, wait, wait! When did the Zoomer generation start? Oh, I, I don't know. I think because he might be right on the cutoff. Maybe right in the cutoff. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the Tolls <laughs> falls uh, Maliki, a mute thirty-year-old man who receives an extraordinary job offer in exchange for six months. As a warden on top on a top secret organ farming project, uh, on Razor <laughs> Pharmaceuticals will gift him a new tongue. Oh, okay, all right, I, I oh, get it. Oh, that's actually quite interesting. Uh, uh, Maliki finds himself uh, on an oil rig among warlords and mass murderers, but the book ponders whether the prisoner donors uh, deserve their fate. Okay, so there's like a. I'm actually kind of interested in this. A moral. Thing. Yeah, yeah. The moral quandary. There's, there's the, the personal gain for him. Does that outweigh the uh, the social responsibility that he feels? There's uh, there's interesting things to this. Yeah, I think it's an interesting idea. Um, well, I mean, obviously, when I see sci-fi in the title of the story, I'm like, okay, this is one that we're probably going to hear. You, you, you a bit don't more. even read me further. You just go right, slap it in a tab. Yes. So there you go. Uh, the Book of Malachi. Do you know what? I feel like saying it your way, I keep wanting to say the Book of Malarkey. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. You'll get used to it. You'll, you'll get used to it as you hear it. It, it was a... Oh, sure. Do, do like, just on words like that. You know, words that, you know... You, you know, there are words to you that you'll just understand how to say because they're part of your vocabulary and have been for years. You'll have never... you know, But some people will never have heard and they'll say it wrong and you'll think it's just weird that they're saying it wrong. The, uh, the new Assassin's Creed game is set in England, uh, you know, Old England, and there's an area of Old England called Mercia. And it's where I, you know, where I grew up, to, you know, uh, to the point where our local radio station was called Mercia. But all of the Americans who have never heard this word, who have got all the previews, don't, have never, obviously never heard the word before, and read it and say Mercia. And, I, you know, every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, that sounds wrong. It's weird. I don't like it. Yeah, I saw that tweet earlier. That's how I said it in my head. No, no, I get it, and and it's <laughs> like I, I don't even like I don't begrudge anyone who said it wrong, or, you know, because I, I understand if you, if you've never heard a word before, you, how can you possibly know, right? You follow established conventions from other words, uh, but just because it's it's a word I've known my entire life, it's it, it, it stood out to me as oh, oh, people don't know this word, and it was almost the, the same then with uh, with Malachi, where I'm just like, yeah, I, I know that word, I've, I've always known it. Uh, it was weird hearing it said wrong. Well, moving on. Gabrielle Union uh, and her... I'll have another Productions. She's got to do something now that the uh, LA's Finest is finished. I'm surprised you remember she was in that, quite frankly. To uh, be honest, so am I. Uh, it's picked up uh, the rights to the care and feeding of ravenously hungry girls. A debut novel from the broadcast journalist Anissa Gray. It's going to be developed into a series under the I'll Have Another's first look production deal with Sony Pictures Television. Uh, or Sony, as uh, people keep telling me that I should pronounce it. Wait, 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 say, say it the other way first. Sony. Oh, okay. I, I can hear the difference, but I don't really question the way you say it. 
I've always just said Sony. I, to be honest, I think everyone I know, like in person, has always said Sony as well. I think Sony is such an American thing to me. I think I do say Sony, but there's a certain wrong when other people say it. But I just yeah. I always say Sony. It, it's the same between like like Nike and Nike. Like I'm so used to hearing both that even the wrong one doesn't sound wrong. I mean, yeah, I think Nike's correct, but I've never heard a British person say uh, Nike. It's always no, Nike. In, in the UK, it is just Nike, even though we all know, really, that that's wrong. And we know that Nike is the correct way. Also, we say don't, Nike anyway. don't some Americans say Adidas for Adidas? <laughs> uh, a lot of British people say Adidas as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, my, my, uh, most people I know say, say Adidas. Well, they're all wrong. Uh... Are you sure? And while we're on it, it's Primark, not Primark. Oh no! <laughs> no, it is not. And it's Jeff, not Jeff. I'll give you that one, but it it can't be Primark because it's 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 Primarni. That's 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 the slang, and that doesn't work if it's you can't do Primarni, so it doesn't work. Sure, you can. Of course, it's Primark. No, because it's a play on Armani, it doesn't work. That is an incredibly British, uh, particularly British, you know, uh, linguistic debate there, I guess. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, so this book, there's the care and feeding of ravenously hungry girls. Uh, it was published in 2019 and explores sisterhood, mothers and daughters, identity within a family, and how the relationships that form who you are can also be the ones to swallow you whole. <laughs> It's about you know, I, ju- I just wish one of these descriptions would not have that like that exact line that you've just read out is so generic across I all know, of these shows. I know. It's about three sisters whose lives are thrown into chaos when their eldest sister and her husband are arrested for white collar crimes in small in a small Michigan town. Sorry, uh, this incident will explore each sister's deep buried childhood trauma, forcing them to confront old wounds and find a way to forge ahead together. That is such a generic description. Yeah, not for me, but worth mentioning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next up, Amazon is developing a show based on a sci-fi short story uh, written by Ken Liu and being developed uh, by Amazon, for Amazon by OA writer. That's the OA, you know, the show from Netflix. Uh, the we Do- like. Dominic Orlando, along with Orlando Bloom uh, as executive producer. So you've got Dominic Orlando and Orlando Bloom, meaning... See when they join forces, are they just Dominic Orlando Bloom and just just cut out the? There's no reason to say it twice. Why not? Just just say yeah, it once. Save, save time for everyone. Uh, it's called the Cleaners. The short story, at least, they might change the title for the show. <laughs> the Cleaners tells how, in the near future, uh, inanimate objects carry the memories of people's experiences, and a certain number of the population have the ability to relive those memories by touch. Cleaners are specialists hired to sanitize the objects and relieve emotional burdens these memories may hold. At the center of this story, a young man who finds, sorry, who inherits his family's cleaning business and takes on a mysterious new commission. I actually quite like the setup of the world. I thought that final little bit of the the mystery was a bit dull and generic, but up till that point, I was kind of into it. There's all, I think there's always going to be a mystery in a show like this. It sounds like a show with a mystery. There is. I think it was just the way they presented it in that description that was kind of generic. But I, I'm very open to this show. Uh, next up, Amazon has greenlit an Italian original. Uh, Have you watched any Italian originals? I don't believe so. Everybody Loves Diamonds, coming from the Fermental-owned outfit Wildside, who were the ones who worked on the the, the new Pope with uh, Jude Law. Uh, which is 
very well regarded from the people who who you know have watched that. Yeah, it's a heist series uh, with a comedic twist inspired by the 2003 Antwerp Diamond Heist. It will follow a team of small-time Italian thieves who manage to deceive a top-level security to steal millions of dollars worth of precious stones from the Antwerp Diamond Center. So, sounds like a one-and-done, sounds like a limited series, if it's just about this one heist. It does, until they like, well, let's do another heist for season <laughs> two, right? Well, yeah, you just... Uh... But it's called Everybody Loves Diamonds, so you can literally just pick a different heist. So it could either be an anthology, or you just sort of contrive it so these characters end up getting to go on another heist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. either way works, right? Just, you know, the idea... Essentially, it just becomes a heist show. Where, you know, anthology each season if you wanted it to. Mm. Uh, and, and that's uh, a perfectly fine idea. That works. Uh, so... Snowpiercer producer Tomorrow Studios is going to adapt a thriller by Dean Kuntz. It's called Devoted. So, here's the description here. The book, which was published uh, by Amazon Publishing in 2020, uh, March specifically, tells the story of Woody Bookman, a boy who hasn't spoken a word in his 11-year lifespan, and who believes a monstrous evil was behind his father's death and now threatens him and his mother. Mm, There's potential. It's not not awful. I mean... it's it's got a bit to go yet, but it's got more than some other descriptions that we read. Yeah. So, all right, the network stuff. I mean, we have a, we have a few network things. Okay. Assuming I haven't actually put anything out of order, which is possible. Uh, so Regina King is producing a show at the CW. It's called <laughs> I forgot, but this Slay. <laughs> is this the one you were referring to earlier? Nope. <laughs> oh goddamn it. <laughs> Slay, as in slaying, as in what one might do with a vampire? Well, you've already done it twice this episode. You don't need to do any more. <laughs> so it's a drama uh, produced by Regina King for the CW, written by Julian Johnson, a former CS, CS, CSI. They should call it CSI. That should be the porn parody. CSI. You say it should be as if it's already not. I bet that's not what it's called, though. I, uh, the the porn parody title of the game is not as good as it used to be in uh, the old days. I feel like it's probably just going to be CSI, a porn parody. Yeah. You, you say that as if the CSI hasn't been around for decades and there hasn't been a porn parody years ago. All right, Google it then. Google CSI I, and see if I'm, it comes I'm up. I'm good. All right, I, then. That's I, what I, I, I want that in my search history, thank, frankly. That's what I thought. Uh, Don't so, tempt me. Don't, do, do not try and tempt me. Pam Vizi is the person in uh, question here, the showrunner, uh, supervising this. Slay centers on Carson Jones, a bold, witty teenager with Afro puffs, leather boots, 70s cool, and thanks to her mother's ancient African bloodline, supernatural gifts, and the responsibility to use them to protect Virginia's historic triangle, one of the most haunted areas in the country, from the forces of darkness. I mean, that sounds like a... It sounds like a CW show. It sounds like a CW show. It, dare I say, it could even veer into Buffy-esque territory. It, I, it, it actually does. I cannot believe... I know we've, we've just entered the network section of the mm-hmm. show, but I cannot believe how quickly we veered into just, oh, this is a network show. <laughs> oh, it is. Yes, it is. It's a network show. For sure. Uh, next up, Fox are handing a script to series commitment to the long haul. Uh, a mother-daughter trucking drama from writer Katie Lovejoy. That's what everyone wants in their life. Good trucking drama. 
The long haul is against the backdrop of the hyper-masculine world of long-haul trucking. It is about a young mother and her teenage daughter who flee their small town. The series charts the journey of these two disenfranchised women navigating life on the road and their dysfunctional relationship as they slowly, mail by mail, take their power back. Now, technically, because trucking is their new profession, and they mentioned that they're going to be, you know, bonding and the relationship's going to be forming. There was an argument to be made that this was professional and uh, personal lives. Do you want me to drink? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I don't really care. Because I mean, not, look, but... it's it's ready poured. I, I will. I'm saying that technically, you could argue that it's uh, in the ballpark. I am quite happy to drink this Beaumont Twelve. I don't need much prompting, so. Yes, well, that Done. was uh, that was uh, uh, Fox, I think. I, I quite like the title. A nice play on the premise uh, for the title. Uh, mm. The description itself just sounds you know, generic, but yeah. I'll give them props where it's due. So, next up, NBC is put in development a show called Always Right, and notably, uh, Right has a silent W at the front of it. I was going to say, I didn't know they were making a show about me. A drama for uh, from For Life executive producer Sonny Hoffman and Sonny Pictures TV. Written by Hoffman, Always Right is set in Los Angeles. In it, a young woman uh, who is wealthy... Sorry. A young, wealthy, and jet-setting African-American couple solve mysteries, run their own successful empires, and, oh yeah, are completely head over heels in love with each other. I hate this description. I know. <laughs> Do you know what? I was like... I like until that point, I was like, yeah, I mean, it sounds nothing special, but it sounds fine. And then they did that, and I went, oh, oh you'll be in that description. Yeah. It sounds absurdly generic and networky. It sounds like an NBC show, to be fair, which it is, so fair play to it. Uh, <laughs> moving on to ABC. The oh, was develop- the end of the description? Oh, yeah. That was it. Uh, oh, I-, I thought there was another sentence still to come. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, ABC is developing American Heritage. A drama from Matt Lopez. Uh, so they bought this preemptively with a put pilot commitment, according to Deadline. All these are from Deadline, by the way. So if you're wondering what I'm quoting here and what I'm reading from, it's always Deadline. Unless there's something extra I need to add in from somewhere else. So, written by Lopez, American Heritage is an epic drama about two Latinx immigrant families vying for wealth, power, and the American dream in California's uh, Sonoma Valley. So... Do you know what else is more interesting than that sounds? And also, usually use the word epic to describe. Uh-huh. Lots of ancient Greek mythology. Oh, shut up. Uh, so, yeah, the problem there is that it just sounds really dull. It's just what, two families going for wealth, power, and the American dream. How many descriptions do we read that talk about going for the American dream? Enough that it should probably be a drinking rule going forward, frankly. Probably. Right, lock it in for next time. So now we have... Professional and personal lives. We have one character has a as a secret they're keeping from the other a one. A deep and dark secret, you know, not just a generic, you know, the the, the you know a proper secret. All right, and now a character or family trying to get some combination of the American dream and might might rephrase it as wealth, fortune, and fame or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, those generic qualifiers. Which takes us on to our final story of the week finally because i'm starving now this is i'm, I'm this pretty hungry and i already ate went on for forever uh abc is playing a heartland drama uh with hong Kong creator colette 
Burson, and Empire co-creator, Danny Strong. Who you may remember as Jonathan in the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Somehow that was like one of the weaker links this episode, even, even though he was in it. We, we talked about Sarah Michelle Gellar. We talked about, you know, Slayer, vampire shows. He is somehow one of the weaker links that you've, you've tangented into it this time. But he was always coming here at the end, and that's just... I bet this this is why you had this as the final tab, isn't it? Because <laughs> ABC isn't, like, inherently the last of the networks. So, you know, that, that honour is, is, you know, deserved and belongs to CBS when yeah, but, they have a story. Yeah, but there wasn't a CBS story no, for no, the no, and but that's why you left this one last. You intentionally left this one last, so you could know, know you could end on this rather than put it somewhere in the middle of the network section. Point is, Danny Strong working on another show. He's a hotshot producer in the TV business these days. So it's called the Growing Season, and it's in development from the pair of them. Uh, the show is based on Sarah Frey's recently published "The Growing Season: How I Built a New Life and Saved an American Farm." It hit the shelves back in August. Frey's memoir detailed the hard scrabble shift the real breaking author made uh, from real poverty to creating a wildly successful family business and has now seen her dubbed as America's Pumpkin Queen. Pumpkin <laughs> Queen. Sorry if I said that properly. Pumpkin <laughs> Queen. So I, um, I'll be honest, I struggled to pay attention to too much of that description because mm-hmm. I think I've been reading Tim's Twitter too much. Or when I say reading Tim's Twitter, I mean seeing tim's tweets too often and especially his uh octoberthon watch list thread yes because uh when you told me the title of this i was like i didn't know they were making a children of the corn tv show <laughs> uh i was distracted at one point looking at my phone there because my phone went up because tim tweeted <laughs> some, is tim. Tw- tim tweeted something from the screams after midnight twitter and then responded with his own twitter saying agreed he agreed with himself that does sound like Tim. He he often agrees with himself. So I've got to deal with that when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a whole nightmare so, for you to sort out, isn't it? It's a, t- it's a TV show about someone becoming a big farmer or something. I don't know. <laughs> and pumpkins? Those pumpkins pu- are extremely seasonal, though, aren't they? Like, like I, I'm not just saying, you know, Halloween, obviously, but in terms of, like, you know, pumpkin spice things come out from, like, September to... Maybe November, and that's about it. You, you get three months of the year at the tops, and then no one else, no one gives a shit about pumpkins the rest of the year. Who cares? That is the last story. Thank you very much. You can let us know what you thought of any of these stories in the comments. Uh, check out the reviews coming out TV wise on the channel over the the next week and the last week. Obviously, Star Trek Discovery's back. I'm working through Utopia. Still checking out a few episodes of Hunting a Blind Manor to see if it's worth finishing. Uh, we just tried Hellstrom. Yes, yes, that started. Okay, that's enough. That's enough We've plugging. got the, that's the last episode. We've got one more. We've got oh the last episode God. of Lovecraft Country coming up, which we're actually looking forward to. I'll try to end this quickly. So, thank you very much. Uh, we mentioned Patreon earlier. You can do all that. Yeah, let's support us by liking. All the rest of it gets on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. But otherwise, that is us. Thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? And there's a reason why ancient Greeks are all dead. <laughs>